0: Hello and welcome back to Historic Planet Podcast with me, your host, Jack Cole. So today I'm joined by uh, Wildwood and Kent Wildlife Trust who can talk to us about their pine marting work going on down in Kent. Your background and then we'll go from there.
1: So, um, yeah, I'm Suzanne Kiniston. I'm Conservation Officer at the Wildwood Trust. Um, I'm involved in captive breeding and reintroduction projects for the Hazel Dormouse and the Redbill trough um, I'm also, um, the course coordinator there and run courses on mammal handling and small mammal ID. Um, but yes, I now working on the Southeast Pine Martin restoration project. I think I probably developed a passion for pine martins about 30 years ago when I was at university. So it's really exciting for me to be working on this project now.
2: I am Amy Fitzmaurice. I am the Human Wildlife Coexistence Officer at Kent Wildlife Trust. uh, And I co-manage this project with Suzanne. um, And I also manage uh, another project here at Kent Wildlife Trust on beaver coexistence. um, And I work on a variety of different projects across the trust that focus on coexistence. So thinking about social science um, and how we can work well with different people um, and engage them with nature. Um and um I'm also very excited to be working on a Pine Martin project.
3: Um hi, so I'm Ella Lewis. Um, I started my journey at Kent Wildlife Trust as a trainee um, supported by People's Trust for Endangered Species, um, where I worked on habitat suitability modeling um, for the Southeast Pine Martin Restoration Project. Um, my role now is a data and mapping officer where I work on various projects to provide assistance in spatial analyses um, and wider support for data collection. Um, And I have a particular interest in ecological modelling.
0: Lovely. All right, so welcome. So to start, tell us, what is a pine martin, Susa?
1: So a pine martin, um, well, apart from being obviously a very enigmatic, charismatic animal, it is um, scientifically a member of the Mustelid family. So that includes badgers, otters, stoats and weasels and and the polecat. Um, And they globally are a very successful family of animals and occupy lots of different niches. So, for instance, the otter is aquatic specialist and the badger is uh, a burrowing specialist and the pine martin is an arboreal specialist um, of this family. So it has the adaptations of the long bushy tail to help it balance along the branches and it's got um, double jointed ankles, which means it's able to climb, climb down as well as it can climb up. And it's got these semi-retractile claws to help it grip the tree branches. So, yeah, really an arboreal specialist of the mustard family.
0: Lovely. So what exactly happened to the marten population in the UK?
1: In the UK, so historically... Um, in Mesolithic times, so going back um, quite a few thousand years, it was actually the most abundant carnivore in the UK because, of course, after the last ice age, Britain was covered by what, what we call the wild wood. Um, and so most of Britain was wooded, which absolutely suited the pine martin, and, you know, it, it thrived. And its numbers were estimated at sort of 147,000 ac- across this country, which is, you know, amazing. You know, think of that now. And then across time, so, of course, you know, we've lost so much of that habitat. I mean, the woodland at one point was decimated sort of 5% of what it was. So, of course, the pine martin lost a lot of the areas where it lived. And then it was persecuted very, very heavily. So as a predator, it was um labelled as vermin. Um, It was put on um, the Preservation of the, Get the Grain Act, which was an act put together by Henry VIII. In Tudor times, and basically people were paid to kill animals that, that were on this list, including the Pine Martin. And then um, later on, so a couple of hundred years later, sort of game laws were passed, which meant um, that it was very easy to shoot on anybody's land. And so the, the Pine Martin was shot um, by, by gamekeepers um, who were protecting um, their, their animals um, for their sport. And then also they were persecuted for their fur. So in the 14th century, um this this started and um the trade in pine martin pelts was was flourishing. I think it was known as as soft gold, apparently, um, and was, you know, very good trade item, and of course was used to make robes and and stoles and things like that. So for the Pine Martin in Britain, it's a double whammy of habitat loss and, and persecution. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So, so I should yeah. say the numbers now we're looking, I think the lowest numbers went to about 2000. And then now, since their recovery, they're, they're um, probably double that.
0: So why should we bring them back and keep boosting those numbers?
1: Why should we bring them back? Because they are um, a really important part of the ecosystem. It's really restoring that balance. You know, they they will bring balance back in as a carnivore you know they can they can regulate small mammal populations but also they can act as a flagship species i mentioned earlier that pine martins were are a very charismatic animal and they can you know people actually engage with this animal in a way they might not engage with with the habitat of the animal so we can use this animal to basically Um, kickstart you know a lot of habitat restoration even for green bridges you know across the southeast you know we can get a a proper green network going
0: all right and in the context of wilding sort of more broadly and some of the the wider effects that the pine martins could have what what sort of things could we see
1: so there's quite a nice story with the the pine martin and the red squirrel which i think has has reached the the press and, and the media so a lot of people are aware of this now we're not still not quite sure of the mechanism of how this works, but obviously we have the, the grey squirrel in the UK, which is a non-native introduction from um, North America, and it's caused you know, a lot of a lot of problems in terms of um, tree damage and also, of course, to, to red squirrels because um, they carry the, the pox virus, which the red squirrel actually suffers from, but the grey squirrel seems to have more immunity to. So the early research in Ireland showed that where you had um where you have the Pine Martins dispersing across the Ireland, then the gray squirrel numbers are going down and the red squirrel numbers are increasing. Um so there's actually, you know, and the tagline was the enemy of, of my enemy is my friend. And so the same research was done in Scotland and they were finding the, the same thing there. And there's various ways this could be happening, but, you know, we have to kind of take this as a win for the red squirrel, really. If the Pine Martin, you know, reintroductions can help the red squirrel by um, affecting the grey squirrel, either by direct predation or by creating a landscape of fear for the grey squirrel, then this will be, um, you know, it's got to be very, very positive. You know, we can then start thinking potentially about red squirrel restoration as well.
0: Brilliant. Okay. So now on to, on to Amy. Tell us about your Southeast Pied Martin uh, project that you've got.
2: Yeah, so there is a national strategy for Pie Martins for Britain, which is very exciting, which was written by Vincent Wildlife Trust. Um and we really wanted to build on that. Um so the Southeast is a potential area where Pie Martins could be restored to. Um And there are other pie martin projects um, that are starting to happen um, across Britain um, in Wales and England. So we wanted to start thinking about how could we do a really good project that would help pie martins to be restored back to here? Because it would take a very long time naturally for them to get to the south. Um, And how could we do that following best practice? And how could we do that in a way that would really make it into a project that has benefits for many different types of biodiversity, but also for local people, Um, thinking more on a landscape scale. So we wanted to start, rather than just think about putting pine martens out in Kent, which is obviously where Kent Wildlife Trust works and where Wildwood works, we wanted to think about it more in a landscape scale. So we wanted to start a project that was restoring pine martens to the Southeast, Um, And to do that, we wanted to make sure that we were doing it as a co-developed project, um, which is best practice for conservation, working with a range of different stakeholders, incorporating all of those expertise and ideas into a strategy that would really create um, something very positive over a long time period. Obviously, landscape scale conservation takes a long time. So our strategy is currently within a 10 year time frame. Um, So we're still in the early stages of that project. We started it um, around a year and a half ago, um, thinking about who were the stakeholders in the southeast, um, who, who would be influenced by this project, who might be impacted positively or negatively, thinking about all the different people that would need to be involved to make this brilliant project. Um, so we've just been having lots of different meetings over the year and a half with all these different types of stakeholders, having those conversations about if we were to do Pine Martins in the southeast, what, what would that project look like? What would that mean for you? Um, and really building on that. So we've set up a committee, um, which are core um, project um, organisations who do sort of day to day management alongside Susan and I. Um, and then we have the Stakeholder Working Group, um, which is made up of around oh, 30 plus organisations now across the southeast um, so that we can all co-develop this strategy together, um, which is really, really important for yeah legacy and, and creating that landscape scale conservation.
0: Fantastic. And so what work is happening on the projects sort of at present right now? And uh, how can communities and interested people get involved?
3: Yeah, so um, a large part of sort of the restoration project is the feasibility. Um, so in terms of the ecological feasibility assessments that we're doing, um, we conducted a species distribution model um, to identify whether the habitat in the southeast um, is suitable for restoring Pine martin. So this species distribution model is a statistical model which essentially predicts where in a given space, Um, there is suitable habitat for the species to occupy. So um, our model does this by characterising the environmental conditions that are deemed suitable for Pine Martin based on confirmed sightings across their European range. It then predicts where similar habitats are located in a given space, in our case, um, the Southeast. So to conduct our model, we used a subset of 2,314 occurrence records um, across their their European distribution and then paired this with various um, environmental variables, including things like forest density, tree species and land cover type. Um, And these um, were put into the model to predict suitability. So our habitat suitability map um, showed large woodland areas as moderate to highly suitable for pine marten, predominantly in areas across the high fields in Sussex um, and also Kent Downs. As we expected, large parts of the southeast also indicated low suitability for martin, um, And this is due to centuries of habitat loss and fragmentation, um, as Susan mentioned earlier. Um, so these were predominantly shown to be areas of expansive urbanisation and agricultural land. Um, we found that the strongest predictors for what determined suitability in the model um, included temperature, rainfall, elevation and forest density. Um, and through data analysis, um, we can identify exactly how each of these environmental variables influence suitability. So, for example, the results indicated that prime prefer rainfall above a 600 millimetre monthly average. And they also prefer lower elevations um, between zero to a, hundred, a thousand metres above sea level. Uh, so in terms of the next stages um, into the sort of feasibility process, Um, We will be using the results from the habitat suitability map um, to undertake connectivity modelling in order to predict key dispersal routes between highly suitable areas, so in other words um, where pine martens are expected to move across the landscape. These connectivity models consider potential barriers to their movement, um, such as the influence of roads, urban areas and water bodies, in order to assess their dispersal ability. Doing this will improve our determination of the most suitable release sites um, and also inform our long-term strategies for landscape scale restoration. So, for example, looking into the priority areas for expanding and connecting the woodland.
0: Okay, so what else is happening?
2: Great, yeah. So as part of the feasibility work that Ella was talking about, we're also doing um, additional ecological feasibility, looking at um, potential release sites that came out of the modelling um because if an area is suitable in terms of its habitat it's also really important that we understand is there enough prey what might be competitors that are there is there any predation that might be happening um for martins so we want to conduct ecological monitoring of our potential release sites to understand are they actually suitable um as pine, pine martins have a really mixed diet um It's really important for us to study lots of different types of things. So we have to do like vegetation surveys because they eat berries in winter and autumn. Um, And obviously their main food source is small mammals, which Suzanne said earlier. So we have to make sure that they have enough enough prey for these areas to be suitable release sites. So we're doing ecological feasibility um, for a whole year. So we can understand um, in those potential release sites um, if there's enough uh, suitable prey and forage for them throughout. different seasons because that's really important and what other biodiversity might be there because they have some competitors like badgers and and red foxes just to understand um, any potential risks Um, and another really crucial part of the feasibility work that we're doing is social feasibility obviously these areas hopefully will be good habitat we've established that hopefully they'll be good ecologically but we also need to understand do the people of where we potentially might put out pie martins are they keen on having pie martins are they not keen um you know are they interested in being part of the project how would they like to be part of the project particularly because it's a landscape scale project there are lots of opportunities for people to get involved in this project and that is what we want to build a project that has really strong legacy within a community we need lots of people to have the opportunity to be involved in the project really early on So that's really important. So we're starting to do different types of engagement events um, to allow lots of different people to have have the opportunity to be involved. Because, you know, it's as conservationists, obviously, we love wildlife and um, we value wildlife and lots of other people do as well. And it's really important that they have that opportunity to be able to, you know, partake in things and contribute in whatever way they can um so we want to try and do that within this project across a, a wide landscape
0: and what are some of the ways that people can get involved
2: yeah so it's really exciting time at the moment because we do have all the ecological work going on so there's lots of interesting things that people can get involved with so we recently had some events where um we ran some equipment building workshops so people could help us build equipment that we're going to be using in the ecological feasibility research which was great so we built things Called track plates, uh, which are bits of wood, um, which we fold into a triangle, and we have um, very high tech equipment inside this bit of wood, which is basically just a little bit of powder at each end and some sticky paper in the middle. And when animals walk across it, they leave their footprints. So it's it's a non invasive monitoring tool um, because the animals can pass through really easy. They're not kept in there. you know, at all, like other um, small mammal monitoring techniques. Um, And they just leave their footprints behind. Um, And through a collaboration through um, WildTrack, um, uh, another uh, NGO, um, we can analyse those footprints and it can tell us what species we have, which is amazing. So it's really low cost and it's great for people to be involved. So we had lots of different people from the communities coming to help us build this equipment um and um people have signed up to be part of a volunteer group um so anyone who's interested in the project can sign up to be part of our volunteer group and they can volunteer on a number of th- different things and uh, depending on what they're interested in um so as the feasibility work progresses there'll be lots of opportunities to be involved um so people might want to um Help monitor a trap plate if it's close to them. That would be great. Or if they might want to monitor a camera trap so they can keep an eye on it um, and help us check things. Um, Maybe they might want to get involved in bat surveys. But we also have the social stuff as well. So we'll have lots of events um, engaging different types of audiences. And if people are really keen on that stuff, um, and they want to engage other people in wildlife in their communities. Then, obviously, we want to work with them as well. Um, so we have a very strong community organizing system. Um, so it's really important that that we um, encourage and empower those people to 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 grow this project all together, because the biodiversity that we have um, in the southeast and everywhere is everyone's wildlife. Um, so it's it's really nice to try and try and work towards that.
0: Great. And finally season, what's the future for Pine Martins in Britain?
1: Well, hopefully, very positive. Um, they received full protection in 1988. So um it's it's been a slow but sure recovery since then. Um so there's been habitat restoration projects, there's also been reintroduction projects um in Scotland and in in England and in Wales, and it's really um for people hopefully will feel lucky um that they have got a pine martin in their neighborhood you know um it's such an an enigmatic charismatic species as i mentioned very early on and um i just feel we you know we should feel privileged to have this animal back in the uk Well, well yeah across the uk
0: lovely ladies thank you so much for your time